Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Masters Mix podcast, where each episode we share actionable strategies for amping up your real estate marketing game. And now, here's your host, Dave Cole. And we welcome you in. This is Dave Cole, and today we're going to talk about mobile home parks and mobile homes, investing, the benefits, and even if you're I know we have a lot of agents and uh, brokers that uh, listen in wherever you are around the country. There may be some things that you can point out to add some things for your clients or maybe attract some new ones. So something in this for everybody. And we've got a guest this week, Jonathan Tuttle, who is with Midwest Park Capital and also uh, the Mobile Home Wealth Academy. So yes, you don't always hear mobile homes and wealth. (laughs) associated in the same sentence and that's why we wanted to have Jonathan on just to talk about this so a way to kind of distinguish yourself in your work or if you're an investor some reasons to pay attention so Jonathan first of all we want to uh, welcome you in and uh, kind of get right into things how you doing today I'm doing well thank you thanks for having me on I'm excited to be here yeah you bet Jonathan all right uh, let's pick right up on that point so some people here investing in mobile homes and think, well, those might be twenty or $30,000. You know, how many centuries do I have to wait so one will pay off? But what people don't realize is that there's opportunities for mobile home parks. So I think that would probably be our best way to introduce this and what you do. So uh, what about that? What kind of investment potential is there for the even the more serious investor? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, it is kind of a niche that people, when you first, nowadays get a lot more common than it used to be, but if I told my friends 10 years ago when I first started getting really involved with this space, they're like, what are you talking about? Mobile home parks? What is that? Uh, and now it's becoming kind of commonplace because of uh, the big Wall Street private equity getting into it. Sam Zell, uh, which is considered the greatest real estate investor of all time, is very big in the space, and then Warren Buffett. So you have two of the biggest investors of all time. Uh, there was a recent data that came out. This was about November 8th, I think it came out. Green Street data, which is institutional data from all real estate asset classes, from apartment buildings, uh, you know, industrial, retail, everything. And the only two rec- uh, asset classes that did well this year and actually went up in value were mobile home parks and industrial. Industrial, obviously, because of uh, the increased demand for e-commerce. Uh, and you're a digital guy, so you understand that dynamic. Uh, but in the last 10 years, too, Wall Street Journal had an article about February that since the last housing crash, that mobile home parks have done by far the best. So now it's kind of getting more mainstream, and it really comes down to supply and demand. Basically, there's 60 million Americans in need affordable housing, and there's about 12 million mobile homes. There's about 44, approximately 1,000 parks, and it's almost impossible to build a new park. So it's basically, you have this asset that you just can't build, an, you just can't buy a plot of land and say, hey, I want to put a park here. It's almost impossible because the cities, uh, they usually don't allow the zoning approval. They don't like the stigma behind it. Um, and in fact, the cost of money per, uh, per house is there because, as I mentioned before, we have camera. If you bought a house example in Illinois, let's say $150,000 house, your taxes are probably you know, four, five, six thousand $6,000 a year. And you get the same school, same fire, same police, same everything, move across the street to the mobile home park, you're paying 10 bucks a month. <laughs> for real estate taxes. So the city loses money on it, but they have the same, you have the same school and everything. And also for the tenants, it's a great way for them, for people that need affordable housing, 
to save, that's kind of like their equity. Instead of buying a traditional house, you don't need to have this huge down payment. Uh, you're not, you know, you just don't have that big commitment, but you still get all the advantage of home ownership. So that's what makes it really appealing. And this right now it's just gotten really a lot of media talking about it because this recession's really shown that like even during downturns, people need a place to live and this is the most affordable place to live. So. All right, Jonathan. So let me ask this and I do this just because, as I say, we have uh, kind of a combination of real estate professionals, investors, mm-hmm. and maybe even some citizens who are interested in the topic. Yeah. So one question is with regard to mobile home, even living in a mobile home, but this applies to everybody. So for the mobile home parks, does this mean if, let's say I have a mobile home and I decide I want to, you know, park it or live or be in the Chicago area, can I come to one of these parks, reserve a spot almost like, you know, a campsite and park Mm -hmm. my mobile home there and pay whatever it is per month? Or is it a mobile home park where we have mobile homes provided and, oh, you need a three-bedroom, we'll get you in on this row. So how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, technically the names kind of throws it off. Mobile homes are technically not not moving. (laughs) There's more, uh, even though there's like a mobile home park and RV Hall of Fame that's in Indiana, but the the initial history, they were a lot more, that was kind of like the initial thought. But I think it's like 95%. Once a home gets placed, it doesn't move. Um, it's basically, it's not like an RV, it sits there. Uh, and traditionally, uh, Chicago, for example, there's only, we're based at Chicago, but there's one park and it's very, almost like Indiana. It's not even like in the city limits or anything like that. You don't typically see it. It's kind of like the, the asset class mom and pops built these in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Uh, and the, you know, they got grandfathered in basically, basically got zoning approval back then. And then as time gone on, has gone on. They haven't really allowed, you don't really see them. I'm sure there's some cities that are closest, like closer to major cities, but usually it's secondary and tertiary markets. So like, out, you know, 30 minutes outside, 20 minutes outside a major city, probably was farmland and everything kind of developed around it. Uh, but they're also like the local towns don't like them usually for that reason, because they, they think it's not adding value. But at the end of the day, there's different type levels of parks too. So for, because you mentioned the different type of people, there's senior parks, uh, especially if you go in like the coastal cities in California, Florida, or up or, you know, Washington area, they'll have like, they have beautiful senior parks and they're full amenity. It's like a, like a, basically like a luxury apartment building, a class A apartment building. So we'll have like full amenities, group events, things of that nature. And then you also think of like the eight mile portrayal where it's a mom and pop that's totally neglected or investor that just bought it. Probably just collects checks and doesn't even look on the park in every three years. And that's, so you get more of that stigma. But if you drive through most parks, if it's well-maintained, and which most are, it's just like a small town community place to live and just a affordable place to live. That's usually what you'll see. Uh, if you're looking from the investor side, there's the coastal cities have gotten actually astronomically priced out. The cap rates are like in the fours right now, four or fives. Uh, there was a park that was sold in Silicon Valley. This was about a year ago. It sold for $250 million for one park. <laughs> so if there, it was, you know, Wall Street's buying those deals. So, and then you have like Sam Zell who's buying, he's, Sam Zell's the biggest uh, multifamily apartment building owner in the country, the biggest office building owner in the country, and the biggest mobile home park owner in the country. He sold half his office and half his apartment buildings in the last five years. 
and he's buying more and more parks. He's not selling any of them. So that kind of shows you, and he's considered like the greatest real estate investor of all time, the trend of buying it and holding it. It's just because you can't really develop new ones. Uh, for people to even live in it, the, new, the average cost of a new house uh, is about $80,000. And Warren Buffett's Clayton Homes is the biggest manufacturer. They build about 50,000 homes a year. Uh, there's 100,000 built a year. They build a half of them. But a new home at that point, you're paying eighty to one hundred twenty thousand. It's not necessarily affordable housing at that point. So the affordable uh, component is the Midwest or some of these second and tertiary markets where the lot rents are three, four, five hundred, and you're buying a seventies, eighties, preferably after HUD because HUD came in nineteen seventy six. So it has better, you know, regular, better systems and regulation in place. But an eighties house for two bedroom for fifteen, twenty grand. Um, so. Great place to live if it's maintained. And then for the investor side, which we were talking off camera, is there's this, it's not like if you're a real estate broker, a lot of times I see brokers trying to figure out how to price individual mobile homes. It's, it's, it is like, yeah, you do have a van. Uh, it's, like, it's like selling a car and it's not really based on MLS slash data that you could aggregate from online. You ba it's basically kind of like arbitrage. <laughs> So depending on how, because the inside, there's not much you could really do. You could put some new carpet in, uh, some new appliances, you know, just you know, paint the walls. The exterior walls, you cannot change because of the structure. It's like a box. You can't just like, oh, I want to put like a sliding door and bigger windows. In it will collapse. So it's just mainly stuff on the inside and what the market will bear. And if it's a market where people are moving into, just like in real estate, and they need affordable housing, the one thing you got to look at, one of the things you look at for pricing, it's usually one third of the price. Mobile homes is usually one third of the price of equivalent single family or one half the class B or class C apartment uh, garden style apartments. So if there's a garden style apartment, like, you know, within a couple blocks away and the rents are $1,200 or $1,000 for two bedroom, you can know you could charge, you know, four or 500 for a lot rent plus a couple hundred bucks to own the unit. Because once they pay off the unit, they're just paying 500 bucks. And they get to have their own place. They don't have to walk upstairs. And especially as people get older, there's, we're seeing a huge migration of like uh, baby boomers going towards parks because they don't want to walk up this two or three flights of stairs. And they don't want to have something. You have your own little lot, you own your little yard, but you don't have a neighbor, kids screaming above you, like an apartment, a small apartment complex. So it's a lot of value for the demographic in that regard. For the investor, it's great because it's, if you're starting out, it doesn't take a lot of capital. Yeah, it's not. If you're doing the, if you have a lot of capital and you want a bigger play, obviously the park because it's basically like owning an apartment building. But if you want, if you're starting out with real estate or you're a real broker and you want to make some extra cash and not have much competition, that's where flipping the mobile homes really comes in. Especially if you're in the market, you're driving around, you see one, maybe just buy it yourself and flip it. You don't even have to use. And the best thing is you don't even have to share the commission with your broker. <laughs> Cause it's not, you're basically flipping a car now you're not, you don't have to register in the, uh, you know, MLS basically you just put it on Facebook, which you do the, those services market on Facebook market online. So. Okay. So then from the investor point of view, this in a way is more like multifamily, except that at yeah. least you don't have, you know, people complaining about the neighbors and yep. you know, that type of thing. And it's probably, you know, easier to show and, better to coordinate for move in, but again, just from the investor standpoint. So how would an investor compare this to multifamily? In other words, if they get, you know, a certain amount of 
or the space for a certain amount of mobile homes compared to a six unit or a 10 unit building? How does this position that, you know, why would an investor look at this as opposed to something with more multifamily besides if it's less rent, but it, they probably make it up in quantity or I'm just looking at, you know, ways to be able to compare these, even though there's similarities, just to kind of compare them as if they're completely separate opportunities. So looking for advantages. Yeah, no, great question. It's, uh, this is actually the conversation we're seeing nowadays. Uh, well, here's a couple of advantages. One, the traditional cost for the operational cost on a, a traditional apartment complex is 55, 60%, maybe 50% if it's really lean or it's a smaller, it's really efficiently ran. Traditionally, mom and pop, smaller mobile home parks, 35, 40%. And then if it's institutional, which means the bigger with more management or just more, you know, more grounds to cover, it's like 42 to 45% mobile home parks. So right there off the get-go, which also makes the cap rates higher, uh, you have less operational expenses. Here's the one thing that really makes our industry stand out above any other industry is taxation and tax, uh, tax depreciation schedules. And we all heard of what happened with, you know, President Trump and like, all these people that didn't really know that there's all these different tax benefits you could have that are legally allowed by the government with mobile home parks. It's a 15 year for land improvements. So traditional commercial real estate's 39 years. We can write it off. Multifamily apartment buildings, 27.5 and a lot of like the funds and like grant card owns and always like, yeah, you get this really, which is great. But with uh, mobile home parks, you're basically buying a plot of land and, and especially in the Midwest, as long as there's the cement below the homes, which is usually just California, they have California and some Arizona, they actually put it in the ground. But like in most states, in the states we're involved with, you put them on plats, you know, cement pl uh, plots, and that's considered writing off at 15 years plus the grounds, uh, the streets, and the land improvements. So you can write off a 65 to 75% of the park at uh, a 15 year depreciation. And if you do own any of the homes and you buy the entire community, you could uh, write those off like multifamily at 27.5. So you have the, it's the most advantageous tax benefits of any real estate. Plus right now with the bonus depreciation, I'm sure people are familiar with that, you can write up to 100% on top of that. So, uh, you know, some expenses on top of that. You have uh, cost regulation specialists come in there. There's a couple, you know, ways to really take advantage of taxes, but that's the biggest differentiator is those two things is the, the tax, the 15 year uh, land depreciation, and then also the lower cost. And then in terms of, uh, like, as you said, because like, what you said, you know, it's different cost per unit. So yeah, you do make it up more in the terms of units. Uh, if you save three, 400. Coastal cities, rents could be 800, 1,000. Uh, there's like, for example, there's two really like, oddballs out there. There's one in Malibu. It's called Paradise Cove. Uh, Matthew McConaughey lives out there. And the crazy thing, the homes go for three, four, five million dollars but you're right on Malibu on the ocean and next door, the house of 40 million. <laughs> and it's kind of a way for some of the Hollywoods kind of go there to kind of, Hey, you want to get away from people. And on the opposite side, just crazy, hilarious. I think in the Hamptons, there's a mobile home park in the Hamptons called the billionaires mobile billionaires row. And there's like four billionaires out of like a hundred units that live in a mobile home parks in the Hamptons. So you, there's still very fluent people. It just it usually serves the you know, affordable housing and slash, the baby boomer demographic, that's usually how it serves. So it's pretty crazy across the board, but they make it up in terms of the investment side. Uh, like I said, the taxation, the lower cost, 
uh, the ability to, it's not much, it's not as complicated as apartment building because typically we want to own the land or most investors want to just mostly own the land. And then the tenant owns their unit. So you don't have to be come and replace air conditioning units. Like if you have an apartment building, you have to replace 30 air conditioning units or replace the roof. Like you have ground upkeep, but you don't have the crazy overhead costs like an apartment complex. And the ability, and the best part is because it's supply and demand, you can ethically raise rents. And these mom and pops, a lot of these you got to think of, if you're in the middle of town like Iowa and you have a, you developed this mobile home park in the 70s, you have like 100 units, you're making, you know, $400,000, $300,000, say $300 lot rent, $300,000 lot rent, your, your fanciest restaurants at McDonald's and your assets worth like $5 million and you're, you just have all this money. They don't care to raise the rent to current market value. So you can, as an investor, you come in ethically, bring, you know, do the capex, fix it up, raise up to 400, 350, four, you know, over the course of five, 10 years, bring the value add for the customers too. But the markets are usually way below what they should be based on, we know comparatively to any other asset class. So right there, you're in that, you raise that rents ethically, you just made a ton of money in equity. Besides the depreciation, plus it's a lot easier to run. Okay, so if I'm an investor and I buy a mobile home park with 100 mobile homes, am I technically buying the land and those homes to then sell the homes to the, or that I'm just wanting to get a better idea on the structure. Sure, sure. So what do I get with my purchase of, let's say, a 100-unit mobile home lot? Sure, and it's every, every park's a case-by-case. Case. There's, there's okay. parks that are turnaround. There's parks that are really efficiently ran that you just come in, you just streamline it with some, you know, payroll and everything else, efficiencies. Uh, but a t- traditionally you want to buy it where you just own the land and there'll be the separate, there's always going to be most likely a few handful of units. For example, if you go to Fannie and Freddie, which is really big in our space now, 10 years ago, I'll give you a little context. 10 years ago, uh, Fannie and Freddie really didn't lend on our industry. And then about five years ago, they really saw the need for it. And right now they have to allocate about 35 or 37% to mission driven affordable housing. And so who's the biggest recipient? Us. <laughs> so they really kind of fell in love with it. And uh, Dr. Ben Carson, National Director of HUD, everyone's really been a big proponent of our industry in the last couple of years. Um, and so right now we're seeing our rates, even there's another thing to go with multifamily, our rates are like 2.7 to like below three or low threes. It's actually the first time it's ever been lower than multifamily. So you get better rates, you get 10-year terms. Uh, and then what they, one of the requirements, going back into your question, is they required that the parks have less than 20, 25 park-owned homes. Like they don't want, they don't want you to have like 100 units with 100. You know, you're basically you'll buy those homes separate, and as a separate, you basically buy it for the income-producing portion, and you buy the homes on separate. So, and then the ideal play is to bring in marketing using digital, using Facebook, all that marketing marketing person to get sell those units off. And then you're just basically a land leasing and you're just running the land. Okay. No, that, uh, that clears that up. And I know that uh, one of the important things in your role is that you do have the, the Mobile Home Wealth Academy. So you're yep. helping people to get started in that. So I certainly uh, wanted you to tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So like the, with the Midwest Park Capital, that's our fund. That's for accredited investors uh, and where we just basically – you know, kind of like Grand Cardone. We buy the properties and we do that and you get quarterly payouts. 
But for the everyday real estate investor, like a real estate broker, or somebody that just wants to learn how to create a passive, mostly passive income that's not like single family flipping. You go to these, you see these guys on TV. You know, if there's, you're in the room, there's 75 people doing the exact same thing in the exact same town, it's going to be a lot more competition. But if you're the only one doing this in your local area, it's pretty much a blue ocean. That's what we like about it because A, it's something anybody could do. B, it's mostly digital. So you use Facebook, Craigslist to find it, or just do a local drive-by. Like if you're a realtor and you're driving for properties and looking for Fizbos, it's the exact same thing. But you just drive, why driving for your, you know, your traditional clients, drive through that local park, look for the for sale by owner, that's gold. Because <laughs> most of those people, they don't know how to market it. I mean, you, A, you could list it, but like I think for these brokers, buy it because you could flip them for so, they're so easy to flip. And if they know how to market real estate, they know how to market even without even using their brokerage. They could use Facebook or you hire someone like you that can help them you know, sell these. And the beauty part of them is like four to 10,000 is a small flip that's an average profit. That's what we kind of go for. Uh, we kind of go in details and it all depends on the market. But if you're in California, coastals of Florida, you can make 25, 50, 100,000 a flip, especially in California if you have houses that are two or 300,000 mobile, you know, mobile homes that are two or three, 400,000 dollars, and you have like an 80s model and you put some new carpet and this and that, because they have such a shortage of affordable housing in California. It's a whole nother world over there. Or Florida too, with the retirement, the baby boomers, the retirement parks down there, you can make 20,000 a flip. And if you do you know, one flip every month or every two months, it's a nice chunk of change without all the complications like single family flipping, you're not knocking on walls and discovering there's mold everywhere. You're not going to be like, oh, there's this, you know, there's, I can't do this or this hidden surprises. It's a lot more easy. It's a lot, a lot less challenges and it's a lot easier to market it and it takes less capital. And then of course there's different markets where you could really, uh, really make a nice coin on it too. And the cool thing is what we kind of teach in the course too, is if you're working with some of these mom and pops, and they're 75, 80, and their kids don't want to take over the park, and you flip five units in there, they might do a seller finance, be like, hey, do you want this park? I'll sell their finance it. You don't even have to go to the bank. I like what you've done for me. You've shown that you're really passionate about it. My kids don't care. They were going to get a portion of the, when I sell it anyway, inheritance. Do you want to take over and keep my legacy alive? And because I already know you're taking care of these flips and doing these homes here. You know how to market it. Do you want to take over this park? And it's a great way to get a multi-million dollar asset for no money down because you're the one doing this. And so that's the real advantage too. Besides uh, flipping and helping the affordable housing, because if these houses get torn down, they're not a new home, or 50, 80,000, 100,000. So you're still having a 10, 20, you know, $30,000 used homes. It's, it's a lot more affordable than 100,000. And on the other side of it, if you look at the bigger picture and you find a, a local market, there's, it's like 92% of the mobile home parks are mom and pop owners, and most of them are 65 to 80 years old. So, and that's, we have like a five-year run where this is all going to be changing hands and a lot of Wall Street's going to be scooping up as many as they want, but they don't go for the one or $3 million parks. They go for like Blackstone just, uh, by the time, I don't know when this comes out, but Blackstone just bought 550 million in mobile home parks in Florida, 40 parks at once, because they have billions of dollars. They don't buy one-off park, they buy portfolios. So it gives you that opportunity to scoop up these small ones. So any, any person that's in, just getting started in real estate or just has a, you know, has some good investors, it's a great niche because you're not competing with the world. And then you can build a portfolio and then sell the wall sheet. That's the big, big picture. <laughs> well, very good. And it 
the big picture that all started from living in a mobile home in the middle of exactly in the middle of nowhere. So see that, folks. This is the information we provide for you. Jonathan Tuttle with Midwest Park Capital and uh, the Mobile Home Wealth Academy. It's been a pleasure to uh, talk with you and learn all about this great real estate opportunity. So we appreciate your being our guest today. And that'll do it for this edition. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Marketing Masters Mix podcast with Dave Cole. Be sure to visit our website at davecole.com for more episodes with actionable strategies and to subscribe to future episodes. Please consider leaving a five-star review and sharing this podcast with someone who would benefit from this content. Thank you and see you next episode.